0: We've had like a rough morning trying to get things figured out. It seems like uh, there's some technical issues going on with Zoom. I know that Zoom has uh, gotten some uh, bad reviews on security issues and things like that. But they've been updating and changing passwords and I'm not sure if, if that's. Uh, Affecting us this morning or not. But anyway, we've got Rick Stump hanging with us this morning. So, Rick, I'm going to, you can hear my coffee brewing in the background too. I'm going to ask to start your video and unmute you, Rick. There you are, buddy. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Stop that. I'm just kidding. I knew what you were doing.
1: (laughs) I almost spilled my coffee.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Michelle's over here like spewing coffee all over her computer. (laughs) That's funny. You doing good, buddy? Yeah, doing good. Are you getting out at all? Yeah, every day.
2: Yeah, I'm working. Yeah?
0: What about the kids?
2: Uh, They've not been getting out until um, they went to... So my sister Sarah had said she wanted to take the five oldest kids on uh Friday night so they went over to my sister Sarah's house and um hung out so that was fun so they they did that Friday that's cool yeah
0: everybody healthy
2: yeah everybody's been doing good
0: still washing your hands
2: um yeah I wash my hands all the time it's crazy I even I even um what well, i was washed my hands even before the coronavirus even happened i was always i was i washed my hands um i've been doing that for a long time
0: because of the cleaning business
2: no just because um you can get pick up bacteria and stuff on your hands if you're not washing them and stuff regularly
0: oh i didn't know that yeah <laughs> <I love you. laughs> you, you for us this morning you do what you got music for us this morning?
2: Yeah, I do.
0: All right, I'm gonna mute myself and get out of here.
2: Okay. Um, uh, why don't I pray for us as we open? How many? How many are on right now? What do uh, we got, right? 61 right now. So if I scroll through, I can see everyone, right up here. I believe so. I think yep, you can. I can see everybody. Cool. Hope everyone's doing well. It's great to be with you um this has been i know it's it's stressful not being able to be together and uh um, meet together but it's actually been a lot of fun for me i like doing these the zoom with you guys it's kind of cool um, so all right uh let me pray for us am, am i good to go rusty
0: yeah you're good man
2: all right we're all gonna pray for us and then we'll sing some songs here so Father in heaven, thank you for this uh, beautiful morning that you've given us and uh, all the birds out singing, singing to you. And uh, God, just thanks for uh, everything you give us, uh, all your, your unfailing love, your, uh, your faithfulness. Thanks for providing all our needs. Thanks for uh, every single person who's on this morning, Lord. I pray that you would bless them and their family. And uh, as we worship you this morning inhabit the praises of your people and uh hope you're glorified by our worship i know you will be and so let's uh let's sing to jesus amen all right
1: see
2: my hope is built hope is built so hold on everybody it wouldn't be a real uh it wouldn't be a real worship experience if rick didn't start a song in the in the wrong case so let's do that again all right here we go my hope is built My hope is
1: built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, and I dare not trust the sweetest strength, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, and on Christ's Solid like I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. <laughs> Darkness seems to hide his face, i rest on his unchanging grace. And through every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the bear. And on Christ's solid wreck I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand.
2: would be appropriate uh well it's always appropriate but it's kind of a keep your eyes on jesus song and uh some people in this time you know it's been for some people it's probably you know hey i'm you know still getting paid but i get to be at home you know working less and being with my family more but uh it's not like that for everybody it's been uh difficult for uh many people and a lot of people with work and uh um tough paying the bills tough doing those kind of things so if that's you this morning um well first of all please let your church know your church body your brothers and sisters in christ because they would want to help but also um know that the lord is with you and uh and we're with you too um and be grateful. One thing I was thinking about this this time, if nothing else, man, we should we we are not uh, probably as as grateful as we should be all the time. And and if uh, with all the Lord's done for us and all His unfailing love, faithfulness to us, man, just we should have a good attitude and be uh, and uh, trust in the Lord. So, all right, next song.
1: Say, thy strength indeed is small, but child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all. And Jesus paid it all, it all to him I owe. And sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as and Lord now indeed I find Thy power and mine alone Can heal the leper's spots And change this heart of stone Jesus paid it all,
3: all
1: to him I owe, and sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. I'll still repeat that Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it while he was Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white sin. Sing oh praise the one. Oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. Oh praise the one his life up from the dead. Jesus paid it all, and all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as Yes, sin had left a crimson stain. He washed. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The oh, Bible tells me so. The oh, Bible tells.
2: this one too let's do uh we don't have the words for this you just if you don't know this just google it how great
1: is our god sing with me how great is our god It's all the sea how great How great is our God coming back
0: on
2: pretty awesome singing the lord over, over <laughs> the air this morning
0: dude you, you know how stressful this is for for you <laughs> yeah it's like not only are you like <laughs> delivering a message you know which is like a big deal that you're right. all week for but now you're having to be this it person and technical person and running software and pushing buttons and and so, like you're in the middle of your second song,
2: yeah.
0: And my smoke alarm starts chirping.
2: So, but no one else could hear it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, so I got like 20 smoke alarms in my house, I think, or something like that. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know which one it is. I'm running around trying to find out which smoke alarm is chirping in the background. Because otherwise, you know what's
2: great about being a worship leader? Do what? You know what's awesome about being a worship leader? What's that? um i've never ever had to care about any of that stuff because the pastor is always stressed up stressed out enough that i always just cast my cares upon the pastor
0: yeah good luck with that <laughs> <I'm> Sorry, <sucker. laughs> that's about the truth though <laughs> yeah i don't know why we worry about it so much it's not that big of a deal especially with our people they're like they're very casual
2: oh yeah did it did the set we did the, everything the wor- worship work and the audio Yeah, it sounded great, man. Okay, so I'll tell everybody, um, it's kind of funny, we're out in the country, and um, all I have is DSL dial-up, I'm using my phone right now, the hotspot, but um, me and my son were like, man, this is so slow, the other day, um, the internet, so we did a download test, and we're supposed to be like three to five megabytes per whatever second, whatever it's supposed to be, Um, normal people are like 25, so we did a download Uh test and the download speed was like 0.8 to 0.9 megabytes per second so it's like a miracle we can do anything
0: hey rick yeah you said normal people are like 25 i think yeah. it's, mines like 350 right now so
2: yeah that's good you're yeah you got good stuff <laughs> oh you mean 350 what megabytes per second that's that's great yeah
0: yeah i think people are up there in that average now yeah
2: I'm point eight to 0.9. I hate to be the guy to to be particular, but it's megabits per second. Okay, sorry. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> Jim, you're muted for a reason. So, uh, hey, a couple things. Yeah. One, you referred to yourself as a worship leader, which, you know, I still hear a chirping going on upstairs. Did you, did you I can't hear it?
2: it, Rusty. You're good. You're clear here.
0: Uh, so Steve, like Steven Scarborough, which, you know, yeah. was talking about worship and, uh, had a question on Facebook and I, I bit into it, you know, as you like sitting at home, you bite into the beads and get stuck in them. Right. But he was, I said, you really have to define what worship is. And then they asked me to define what it was. And so I started looking through the scripture. And every time I look through the scripture to define something, I always have to divine it, define it with the old covenant and the new covenant, what happened before the cross and what happened after the cross. And I was really surprised at the amount of words used to define worship in the old covenant versus what was in the new covenant. I, I, I challenge you to like look it up this week. Because I think... Okay. Most of the things in the New Covenant really referred to the Old Covenant worship. But uh, the the one thing, the one verse that I found was in Philippians. It said, uh, Paul said, we worship by the Spirit of God. Whereas in the Old Covenant, it was talking about how we pay homage to God by singing, by uh, sacrifices, by bowing down all these different things and it seems like it's a totally different concept now.
2: That's cool.
0: I, I, I really encourage you to look at it because
2: yeah,
0: I was shocked. Uh, the other thing that you said uh, is, was huge was if you have personal needs, you have to tell the church. Um, I've gotten a lot of, we're fine. We're fine answers you know as you ask people uh what are your needs and i think if you want to be a real community you have to be honest with each other like when Mm -hmm. you're when you're struggling and so you saying that this morning was a big deal just to say hey sometimes you just need to raise your hand you need to uh let us know when you're hurting yeah and there's nothing wrong with that because everybody everybody hurts so oh yeah I appreciate you saying that.
2: Oh, yeah. So the body is for.
0: Right on, man. Yeah. And I, I think that's another thing that's real encouraging about. I actually have this in my notes uh, this morning is we've, for years, you and I have stood on the stage and led people and taught people. And, and now I think that the teaching time, even though we're still doing it right now, uh was all meant for this time right here like mm-hmm. like these people should be prepared to go out and be the church right i mean this is the day it's time it's it's time to preach and uh not because you have a responsibility but it's just what you know and who you are
2: yeah um one thing i think is really cool is uh for somebody who ha- who knows Christ and walks with the Lord and has the spirit of the Lord and, um, has hope as a Christian, it's like in this time, it's like, it's kind of cool how it's this time cannot shake this time cannot like conquer us. There is no like defeat. There is no conquer. Like, um, people are, you know, I'm not, I'm not that it's not right that people are stressed or whatever. I mean, we're, we're not supposed to be stressed, but we're supposed to put our, um, we're supposed to rest. But as a Christian, it's like, it's made me feel so confident. Cause like, man, this can't, nothing can defeat us. Like the church is going to march on and we are going to, we're going to follow Jesus and keep marching no matter what happens. Um, and, uh, it's just been kind of encouraging to me. Cause I'm like, man, you know, we're like, we're not just conquerors. We're like even more than conquerors.
0: <laughs> no, I hear you.
2: Hey,
0: and be thankful. You don't have to do this 29 more times this week.
2: Why you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: One shot, baby.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: This is it. Yeah. All right. Hey, I love you. Love you too. Love you guys. Thanks for, uh, leading us this morning. No pleasure. Right. My honor. See you, buddy. Well, here we are. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll. I'm sure you've heard about that, the services that are going on this week, and gosh, you just can't be distracted by that stuff. We'll talk about it here in a little bit, but uh, I'm going to ask my, my friend Luke Dunnick to pray for us this morning, so Luke, be prepared because I'm getting ready to unmute you and ask you to start your video. So are you there? Hey, sexy. Hey. Your your thumb your thumb was covering you up. Yeah, there we go. How hey. are you, doing, man?
3: I'm good. I'm doing good. You it's are? Been an interesting week. Yeah. How so? Well, I I called you earlier this week and um you know, when, I don't know if it's just because things are different here, but I've kind of had a struggle with emotions, you know, and trying to figure out why I tend to, to put the value on the, the moments and experiences on the kind of emotion I'm feeling during the time. And I just don't think that's, that's the right way. It's not reliable. I spent some time talking to some other folks about it too. And, um, you know, we tend to value, put the value of where we're at or how we're doing on how we feel. And I just think that is a, that is as predictable as the weather. So anyway, and so being a, one of my, my biggest hurdles, it's like a good news, bad news of my personality is I'm very self-aware. So I can overthink just about anything. And so I I know when I call you, I know pretty much what the answer is going to be. You're going to tell me to walk by the spirit but you're really also pretty good about saying that in different ways. So, and when I the answer you gave me this week was really helpful in that you can you just basically said you're overthinking it and it, you you may, might need to simplify <laughs> so or don't complicate it. And so um, I would just encourage everybody not to complicate your life with how you feel. And really, most of our trouble is from the head up or the neck up, I guess. So we have uh, we identify with our strength in Christ and not how we feel, and we don't identify with our circumstances in life. That's not how we're called to, to identify who we are. So uh, I, I just to echo along with you: is uh, we're doing fine here, and we we actually have the ability to help out. And so as they funnel needs through you, we're we're willing to to help out too so don't feel like you're alone there are people wanting to uh support you and just like you were there to support me with uh how i was feeling you know whatever needs the body has we're we're here so i
0: appreciate that i think people need to hear that because uh there are resources and we're not just talking financial resources to, to you know we're talking. Uh, many other things just like I know Abigail moved back yesterday and people went and helped her move and things like that so that was good so I I really do I've said it a few times I feel like we have an army ready to go but we can only go when we're called upon and so you guys have to be honest
3: and and be truthful with how what's going on and just ask for help raise your hand every once in a while our, uh, our small group on Fridays, we're studying uh, in 2 Corinthians and also in 1 Samuel, and seeing faithful men um, in both of those those examples, Paul goes out of his way to praise the church and brag about the church, and not only in Macedonia, but also in how the Corinthians are, you know, it's the 2 Corinthians, so they're doing a lot better, but just boasting about their faithfulness, boasting about how they greet uh you know the, the the uh servants of Christ and the servants of the gospel and and just everything's clicking as far as their attitudes. And so I, I would brag about my church and this body of Christ to anyone. And so uh I think we're functioning exactly as as you would you would expect us biblically to function. And so uh I'm excited just to be part of this group. And it's a it's an honor to pray. So
0: Right on, man. Right on. Uh, a couple things I have to pray for uh, today, specifically, Luke, is obviously continue to pray for Don Pruitt, who's with her brother and girl, uh, Jeff, who's literally dying of cancer right now. And so, so that you remember their family. They're trying to figure out uh, if the whole family should go out there and so just be praying for wisdom for troy and them that are back here in fishers and uh, and then the other one is andy you uh dad i'm gonna show you this real quick this is andy's mom and dad and right, before, right before the lockdown uh this picture was. To his dad, he took him off the ventilator, and basically just waiting for him to pass. So Mr. Uh, Dio's a, a good man, and he's been to he's been to Levner quite a few times. So just remember, great for Andy's dad, and then also uh for Brent Sutton's dad. His dad's uh, basically in nursing home too, doing well. So, dad's going things are just there's a lot of people out there and we can't like right now but something for you to pray about
3: was that Andy Dio's dad you said yep yeah. okay. okay thank you sir all right Father, we lift your name up. We thank you that uh, you are a God that is present. You're also a God that uh, knows more than we do and is more aware of uh, the situations that, that each of us are in than even, even the people in it. So we cast our, our fears and our concerns onto you and we, we ask your perspective. Uh, we have your strength and we just want to say thank you for all that we have in you because if we take an inventory, we get through these things with more confidence because we believe in what we already have and we believe in you. And you are our sustenance and everything that we need. And I pray for Andy's family. I know uh, when emotions are high, when we're going through tough times and loss, that those are the times that test our faith. But again, we need to, to, to not go by our feelings, but, but by what we know. And uh, I pray the same for the Suttons. Um, I pray for comfort. I pray for ease. And I pray for perspective. And uh, may they find life, joy, and peace in you and the rest that you freely have given us when uh times are the toughest. I pray for every family in Lebanon. I pray that you just see yourself in Christ, put your eyes on Jesus and just walk in that, that manner and, and and uh reach out when you need to and don't don't be afraid and don't be ashamed and uh, ask for ask for what the body has for you because that's why we're here. Just thank you for uh Jesus. I thank you for the 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 body, the family. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of everyone out there that that's part of it and I just thank you uh, also for, well, for the Pruitts too, going through that time. Um, that's been a, that's been a road, a long road. And, um, I pray for Dawn. I pray that she finds finds her strength in you because she's got to be low on her own. So, um, just, uh, help us lift her up as she's going through this time too. But, uh, we praise Jesus. We thank you for the time together, even how we get together that we have this option and just thank you for all things in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks Luke. I appreciate
0: that. Love you guys. Love you
3: too. A hug. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I'm COVID, I'm COVID free. So. Hey,
0: wa- watch this. i teach this uh, last part of Gene just how miraculous it all lines up with where we are. It's crazy. Amen. Yeah, it's good. All right. Love you, dude. Love you too. Well, here we are. Uh, thank you, Luke, for praying for us this morning, and we just do pray for those families, and there's a lot more that's going on, just those certain families right there, but uh, this morning, we're, we're picking up at the end of James, the letter to James, and just let me reiterate uh, what this whole letter is about, is uh, these are Jewish people that were waiting for the Messiah to come. Jesus came he was the messiah he is the messiah for them and this group of jewish believers believed that jesus was the messiah but the jewish leaders the pharisees and all those in charge denied that jesus was the messiah and they were giving these people who believed that jesus was the messiah a hard time they were running them out they were uh killing them they were stoning them they were doing all the different things so now you've got turmoil and people are just running from their faith do we really believe in Jesus enough to die for this to 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 be running to not have enough money to not have enough food and James who's in Jerusalem has literally written this whole letter to them to say don't be discouraged stay with your faith jesus is the messiah he's given you everything that you have and will continue to do that as we've looked through this whole letter of james you know in chapter one he says just be patient when you're in trouble we started this letter in february before this whole pandemic thing just really broke out and before we had to be quarantined and we're going through this letter and I'm sitting here going, man, how did God know that we were to go through the letter of James during this whole trial that we're experiencing? And then in chapter two, he's like, go serve compassionately, live out what you've been taught, live out your faith. It's just what Luke and I were talking about is how do you live this out? Chapter three Well, he was giving them some specific ideas. One is controlling your tongue and use your mouth and your words to encourage one another, to love one another. And then in chapter four, right before where we are right here, he was talking about turning from selfishness, about turning from being envy and being prideful, that we need to seek humility. And that brings us to today where he begins to wrap up his letter to the fellow believers in james chapter 5 verse 7 he says this therefore brothers and sisters he's writing to the believers in jesus be patient (laughs) listen to me be patient until the lord's coming see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains you also must be patient strengthen your hearts because the lord's coming is near (laughs) james closes up here with where he started really in chapter one he's saying say stay strong in your oppression in your displacement, in your quarantine. He's saying, be patient, be strong. Just, just know that it is coming to an end. You, you see, they believed, if this, is, if this is like 20 years after Jesus has been crucified and Jesus says, I'm returning, I'm coming back for you, they believed that he was coming back within their time period. Now, obviously that hasn't occurred, but if you believe that, that Jesus was coming back during your time period, wouldn't you live life a little bit differently? He's like saying, hang on. It's like they keep saying, this thing will be through in two weeks. This thing will be done in three weeks. This thing will be done in two more weeks. Really what James is saying to you is be patient just like the the farmer is with his crops. I mean, this is not about theology and when Jesus is returning. Nobody knows when Jesus is returning. And honestly, nobody knows when this pandemic thing is going to be over. We can guess, we can calculate, and I'm sure they did the same thing. They were calculating what Jesus said, everything else. But what James is saying here is really, it's dealing with their pain and suffering coming to an end that we want this to come to an end. Those that lived immediately after the cross really thought Jesus was going to come back real soon. And so he's like saying, be ready. So what he's saying, be patient, live in your maturity, get a longer fuse. (laughs) He's saying, hold your temper. Look ahead to the end of the race. Look, the end of the race for me is when I'm with my heavenly father face to face. That's the end of the race for me. Or if the Lord comes back, Lord willing that he would come back. That's what they were praying for. That's what James was praying for. To look ahead to the end of the race. There's a lot bigger picture than what's going on right now. You can't be a farmer unless you're patient. (laughs) That whole parable of the sower and the seed, the soil is your heart, and the seed is God's word. What are we to grow? We're to grow the fruit of the Spirit. There's a Spirit living in me, and there's a Spirit living in you. And look, it's not my responsibility to grow that fruit, it's the Spirit's responsibility. The farmer can till the soil, he can water, it can plant and all that stuff, but it's not his ability or his responsibility for it to grow. He just provides a way for it to. So what James is saying, just as the farmer works the fields, be patient. Be patient with others. <laughs> be patient with others at the grocery store. They will grow at their own speed, I promise you. Verse 9, it says, Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands in the door. Now, in relation to the farmer, they, farmers, you think about it, my friend Jack Bailey and, and Micah, they all help each other with their crops. They work together. And this is what he's saying is is a farmer will cooperate with each other. They don't sit there and judge each other's crops and condemn each other. They work together. They're cooperative. (laughs) Think about it. If they use the sickles on each other, they would totally miss the harvest. (laughs) The judge, the judge standing in the door. Did you ever do something wrong in school and realize that the teacher was standing in the door watching? Yeah, I did that once. Once. You know, several people have asked me about my thoughts on iTown opening up church today in the midst of this pandemic. I haven't shared my thoughts, maybe other than to my wife, but uh, I've reminded them, just stay focused. Just stay focused. It's not my place to judge. Jesus is the ultimate judge. I'm just glad I'm not doing 30 services this week. (laughs) Verse 10 says this, brothers and sisters, take the prophets who speak in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. You know, as Luke was saying, the whole emotions and things, I believe that Satan tells the faithful Christian that he's suffering is the result of sin or unfaithfulness. Yet, his suffering might well be because of faithfulness. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said to him in Second Timothy, he says, In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We can't ever think that obedience automatically produces just ease and pleasure. Our Lord was obedient, and it led to the cross. Sometimes our obedience leads to pain and suffering. And I don't believe that pain and suffering was dealt to us by God from God. It's part of this fallen world. This whole pandemic thing is part of a fallen world. God's not cursing us with this. Verse 11, it says, see, we count as blessed as those who have endured you have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. <laughs> you notice here that uh, James didn't speak about Job's patience, but he speaks about his endurance. Job was a very patient man. He, you realize that you know the story of Job. He basically was... Lost his family, lost his crops, everything, just but he continued to love the Lord. The question is do you know that he endured? Job wasn't patient with God, but he persevered. He said, I'm gonna remain strong in the Lord. And God was full of compassion and mercy. So most people talk about Job's loss. They rarely talk about or know about
1: Job's restoration. Watch this. This is after all that Job went through Job 42, verse 10, says this. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord
0: restored his fortunes and doubled his previous possessions. All his brothers, sisters, and former acquaintances came to him and dined with him in his house. They sympathized with him and comforted him concerning all the adversity the Lord had brought on him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and, got, and a gold earring. So the Lord blessed the last part of Job's life more than the first. He owned 14,000 sheep and goats, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He named his first daughter. Don't make me say these three names. You can just see them right there. In verse 15, he says, No women as beautiful as Job's daughters could be found in all the land, and their father granted them an inheritance with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after this. Oh, Lord, help me. I don't want to live that long. He lived 140 years after this and saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. Wow. Then Job died, old and full of days. (laughs) What if perseverance brought about Job's blessing? You know what we've learned about perseverance in Romans chapter 5. It says, verse 3, and not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. (laughs) If we never have to persevere, we might not ever get to experience the hope, the real blessing. It's the valleys that are what make the peak so high. And then we get to this uh, strange verse. Verse 12, he changes all of a sudden from patience and perseverance and endurance to uh, speech. He says, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear. He's not talking about taking the Lord's name in vain. He's talking about making an oath or a promise. Do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. But let your yes mean yes and your no mean no so that you won't fall under judgment. <laughs> so literally, he's jumped now from perseverance to taking oaths. It It's kind of like reading the instructions uh, on a lawnmower. Have you ever read the instructions on a lawnmower? This lawnmower is not intended for use on shrubs, which basically means somebody's done that before. <laughs> Somebody's picked up their lawnmower and tried to trim their shrubs with it. Well, I think this is what's happened here is James come along and he's added this one verse because people are struggling with letting their yes mean yes and their no mean no. How many times have you been in a difficult situation and you've made an oath to God? Maybe even over this last month. And if words are a proof of character, then oaths would indicate that there's yet work to be done. When Peter poured out those oaths in the courtyard, you know, back in Matthew chapter 26, he was given evidence that his character was still in need of a transformation. A person with godly character doesn't have to defend himself with promises. Can you ever just say yes or no? For some reason... Saying the word no is one of the hardest words to ever say. Or do you have to continue to talk to prove yourself? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then he changes again. He changes subject matters and he takes us to uh, an interesting subject of prayer. Wow. This one is a a tough one, especially in light of all that we're dealing with, with our families here at Leavener. Verse 13, it says this, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Look, James just should on us. (laughs) Is anyone among you suffering? Yep. He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. I, yeah, I I believe mature Christians know how to sing in the midst of suffering. But now, James, he's instructing them what to do because of their insensitivity level. Uh, I, I admit I'm a little low on the mercy side. I say this all the time. I usually only go to the hospital if there's a newborn or you're about to go home, and I'm not talking about your earthly home. I'm low on mercy. James is sitting here shooting on me, but look, just as we've talked, it's become easier to know about everyone's afflictions. Thanks to the whole social networking and digital world. I think about you all the time. I pray for you all the time. I don't have to be in your presence and you're learning that this month. I use social networking. I use technology for good. You ever been you ever been through a crisis or a tragedy in your life and then you looked at your social network feed at the same time that you're grieving other people are rejoicing about something totally different. You're like, how can they rejoice while I'm grieving? It's the same thing James just said right here. He's like, if you can sing, sing. But if you're going to grieve, pray. There's always going to be suffering and rejoicing at the same time in the world. Just know When something terrible is happening in your life, something good is happening in somebody else's life. And it's okay. It's okay. Verse 14, he says, Is anyone among you sick? That's really translated in the Greek as weak. Is anyone among you weak? He should call for the elders of the church. And they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, the weak person. And the Lord will raise him up. James is literally saying to the believers, to the believers, prayer for healing and prayer for endurance. Now think about this for a second. That's a tough tough verse to absorb. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of the faith will save the sick logically, just think about it for a second, and James knew he had to know that not everyone would be healed, or there would never be death, like he's saying if they're sick. Pray out of faith and they'll be healed. Well, my question is, what heals the person? Is it the elders that you're calling? Is it the oil that they're using? Is it the anointing, which literally means massaging? The elders are coming over to put oil on you and massage you. Is it your faith that heals you? Or is it the Lord who heals you? Who is it that really heals you? It's the Lord. Now wait. You get down to this last this last part right here. It says, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. <laughs> that last statement concludes that it is their sin that has made them sick. Really? Is that what it concludes? I don't think so. I look at that whole passage of scripture right there where James is saying, is anyone among you weak? He should call for the elders of the church and they're to pray over him. The prayer of faith, the prayer of faith will save the, the weak person and the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. What if that whole passage of scripture was written to believers is talking about those who are not believers around them. Now now read it in light of that. Could this passage of Scripture be in reference to salvation of the lost? We're talking about a group of people that were walking away from their faith because of the persecution that they were receiving from their peers. If they walked away from their faith, they were weak. Let the elders go pray for them. Let the elders sit with them. Let the elders encourage them. Let the elders pray for them. And out of their faith, they'll be healed. They'll strengthen. They'll have salvation. The Lord will no longer remember their sins. Their sins will be forgiven. To me, that's the only time that our sins are forgiven is at that moment of belief that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Because what he did, he was crucified on the cross. His blood was poured out. He was buried. He rose again so that we could have forgiveness of sins. I truly believe James is talking about the unbelievers there. Bring the sick, the weak, so that they can come to faith. I do know this. I've prayed for many physical healings in my lifetime for many people. And they have not all been answered according to my will. As much as I prayed, as much as I hope, as much as I wanted. But I've also prayed for the salvation of many sinners. Sinners being unbelievers. And if they choose to have faith, they have received it. If they choose to have faith, they get salvation. They will be healed. That passage of scripture makes sense to me in light of salvation says verse 16 therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed look I I don't believe you get sick because you sin I haven't found that in scripture haven't found that at all I don't think what I do causes well If I don't wash my hands, like Rick said, but it's not based upon my, my health is not based upon my sin. I think sometimes my sin can greatly impact my health. Things that I do or don't do can impact my health, but I don't think I'm being condemned because of my sin through
1: sickness.
0: You know, think about it. It says here, the prayer of a righteous Person is very powerful in its effect. This was David's experience when he tried to hide his sins back in Psalm 32. Second, you know, I think this, I think sin affects the whole church. We sin, but we hardly ever sin alone for sin has a way of growing and infecting others. And this man had to confess his sins to the church because he had sinned against the church. Third, there is healing, physical and spiritual healing when sin is dealt with. But the accountability, when you talk about being accountable to one another, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, people say, we do that to keep each other accountable. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. You hold people accountable. I can't I can't even hold my wife, who I've been quarantined with, for a month accountable for what she does. I'm here like 24-7 with her. She's here with me 20, and we can't hold each other accountable for what we do. But it says the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. The question is, who are the righteous? You are. You're the righteous. We are led to believe that believers are more righteous based upon levels of doing. And we're taught that our whole life. But the truth of the matter is, I didn't earn my righteousness. I received my righteousness from Jesus Christ. And my righteousness is as good as your righteousness. We are all righteous, those who believe that Jesus is Lord. It's it's interesting during this pandemic that the Pope has allowed parishioners to go directly to God for the confession of their sins instead of the local priest. Maybe because they're righteous. They are. Because Jesus made them righteous. (laughs) Verse 17 says, Elijah was a human being as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. That's a great story out of 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. He's basically saying, hey, Elijah had to endure too. King Ahab and Jezebel were persuading the Israelites to follow Baal instead of Jehovah God. And they were being led astray. But Elijah said, we shall persevere. We shall. James uses Elijah's as an example to how we're to persevere because they knew the Old Testament leaders. Verse 19, the last two verses of James. He says, my brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, Let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. A multitude of sins. Not only cover, but it forgives all sin. Leading someone to salvation. I sat in the back deck socially distancing with Brandon Liam yesterday. He rode his bike all the way from Carmel. What was I to do? Turn him away, not give him a bottle of water? <laughs> he rode his bike 37 miles and he sat down and we began to talk. And we began to talk about all the issues that our friends are dealing with and how the church responds to them. And the only answer I could give him was, look, God's known from the beginning of time and all we all we can do is show kindness is show mercy show endurance show grace show hope and when we do it will be the spirit in you the fruit of the spirit love joy peace Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and even self control. It's the fruit that you're not responsible for growing, but that the Spirit produces. That leads those struggling in their faith to literally turn from their sin. Repentance, remember it says, the Lord leads us to repentance through his kindness. Who's the Lord going to show kindness but through us, the righteous people? It can't be condemning. It says that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and he wants to reign as the Lord of your life. When you show the world that, then they want what you have. When you show them mercy, grace, peace, love, in the midst of what the world is going through, then they shall know Jesus. In this new day, or pandemic, the sharing of the gospel is not dependent on a church program. What you've learned by attending church programs all of your life is now being implemented. Go be the church. That's James' letter to his people. Be patient, be loving, be kind. Father, that's my prayer for us as a body of believers, as Luke shared, just um, how exciting it is to be a group of this community that has taken what we've learned and we begin to to live it out among our friends, among our neighbors, among our community, that we can actually love our brothers and sisters And love even beyond that. But it's not us doing it, but it's you doing it through us. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. Even though we're all in different homes and different places, I pray that you would just allow us, allow us to
1: be the church this week. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.